0: Welcome to Sofa Security Chat Chat, episode 136. I'm here with
1: Paul Ducklin. Welcome, Paul. Hello, Chester. You're a busy man this week, aren't you? You need to record and head off quickly to the booth at RSA.
0: Yeah, that's right. I'm here in San Francisco at the RSA conference this week. There are some big stories that aren't necessarily related to RSA. Um, I think the big news this week that I'm really excited to talk about is just this whole Apple SSL kerfuffle.
1: Oh dear, yes. Let's start at the very end, because this is breaking news at the moment we're recording. OS 10.9.2 just came out, and it includes a fix for the vulnerability we're about to talk about. There was a one-line coding bug in the SSL code that is actually part of Apple's secure transport library. So this bug actually affects lots and lots of different applications on OS 10, from Safari all the way to software update. The bug was that <laughs> the coder had used in C the line, go to fail, and he'd accidentally put one too many of these go to fails in. The code kind of had this error that caused it to skip over the most important bit of all, the verific certificate verification stage, uh, and then to return, hey, everything worked. You know, Usually Apple is very quiet about fixes until they're ready. This time they broke with their protocol. They said, this is a big problem. We are going to bring forward the release date. And they did. Good on them.
0: Uh, there were some other uh, updates on the Neiman Marcus uh, credit card breach. Mostly good news, I guess. Uh, originally it was surmised that perhaps upwards of 1.1 million credit cards had been compromised in that attack and uh they now that they've done more of the forensics it's uh looks like they've determined it's somewhere in the 300,000 range so a third uh as many people um victimized as it originally thought and the, the unfortunately on the bad side uh the number of cards being used in fraudulent transactions nearly quadrupled upwards uh of 9,000 plus cards that Uh, seemingly have been used by criminals in this attack. But what was more interesting was that, I guess, things had kind of been alarming and logging for quite some time and and being ignored. And, uh, you know, I I drew some maybe unfair conclusions, but reading the, the tea leaves that Neiman Marcus has laid out for us, it kind of sounds like maybe they were relying on imaging computers both to fix flaws, perhaps, things that go wrong in Windows systems and just, you know, reset them on a regular basis so they continue to work, but maybe also as a security strategy gone
1: wrong. The crooks who'd got into their network found that their malware kept disappearing. Um pretty much every night, and every morning they have to kind of break back in and reinstall it. So the obvious surmise is that Neiman Marcus were reimaging their systems for whatever reason, which may have had this paradoxical effect that it therefore removed the malware at the end of every day, left them with this false sense of security. Hey, we're starting every day afresh, so if we do get pwned. It'll only be for one day, unless you get reponed every day. I've always questioned the wisdom of using blind re-imaging as a security technique. I get the point, but uh, you may actually end up papering over cracks. You know, Why would you re-image a system if you don't think that something's gone wrong with it? It's a little bit like those rules that say, well, you have to change your password once a month. Even if you don't think anyone's cracked it, we're going to force you to go through this exercise that should be done when there's a security need, and we're going to turn it into something that you just do as an algorithm without really thinking about the implications of it, uh, can actually have a cheapening effect on security, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, it reminds me a little bit of last week's chat chat when we talked about um, a particular application that I'm not going to name that had some hysteria around it on Facebook uh, for for iPhone and Android um, users.
1: Meow. (laughs)
0: <laughs> we 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 talk though about the the sort of blind faith in the message and just spreading it without any understanding, right? No thinking about it. And and that to me is the exact same thing we're talking about here, right? You're just blindly re-imaging potentially um, without any thought process. There's no reason behind it, there's no methodology, it's just, ah, oh, you know, this is somehow this is good practice, or that's always what we've done. We should continue to do it. Is it too much to ask people to think about
1: things that they're doing and and question them, perhaps? You know, maybe it would have made no difference in this case, but it does seem that amongst these many log items that wouldn't have been there but for the attack were repeated entries that showed this software, which had a believable name, continually being, if you like, reinstalled and loaded. Surely the whole idea of reimaging is that you start with a known basis that doesn't have all these extraneous bits that might cause problems. Shouldn't it then raise an alarm if you reimage and suddenly this thing magically reappears? Maybe that reappearance is part of the problem. And it seems that in this case it was. It, w- it was the crooks routinely and regularly reinstalling the malware, apparently. Which does show a certain determination on their part, you must say.
0: Well, you know, this is an interesting, mild segue, I guess, to one of my talks at RSA. Uh, uh, Newman, Hook and I presented our talk on credit card thieving malware. And it looks like in the Neiman Marcus case, the crooks actually missed out on some cards um, because they were too careful. Um, As Newman and I discovered, a lot of this credit card thieving malware actually does what's called a LUN checksum. And in both the Target and the Neiman Marcus case, um, the store-branded credit cards were not stolen because they didn't actually use the Lund checksum, I and the criminals didn't think they were real credit cards and didn't bother to steal them.
1: I'm trying not to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: so, uh, you know, I, I guess uh, in the security through obscurity realm, using a store-branded card on occasion
1: can be more secure than using MasterCard and Visa. Just on that... There were 60,000 log items that wouldn't have been there if there hadn't been an attack. That does sound pretty dramatic, but as any system administrator listening will know, in a big organization, that can be just a few seconds worth of data. And uh, maybe out of the Neiman Marcus hack will come some ideas about how they could actually have used this vast amount of data that's easy to find when you know what to look for. The how they could have used it proactively, that would make a great lesson.
0: In the insecurity realm, since we're talking about insecurity, unfortunately uh, there was another flash zero day that you wrote about on Naked Security this week. So in addition to OS 10 and iOS users um, uh, hopefully getting out there and getting their patches on, we also need to remind just about everybody else on the planet, except for Android and iOS users, to get their flash
1: update from Adobe. Bless their hearts, they actually did do two emergency updates two weeks apart to fix problems. You can imagine that not just Adobe, but many other companies would probably have waited till the next scheduled update, even a couple of years ago, figuring, you know what, you can't rush something as big as a full product update because terrible things could happen. So Adobe bit the bullet and got these things out. Uh, Of course, they didn't have any other choice because they weren't scheduled for uh, regular updates in the month of February. And so my thought is that it's great that Adobe joined the Microsoft cycle for regularity, that they always do their patches on the second Tuesday of the month when the patches come out. What would be nice if Adobe perhaps could join Microsoft in frequency and just get into that whole monthly cycle? I think, you know, we're all used to it by now. A month sounds like the kind of thing that you should be able to deal with even if you have lots of bureaucracy around your patching. Now that Oracle has gotten
0: themselves onto a quarterly update cycle for Java, maybe Adobe can take a clue and take a step ahead and get on the monthlies um, uh, in advance of, of Oracle coming to their senses.
1: Yes, Oracle went from four-monthly months, four monthly for Java to three-monthly, didn't they? Yes. Uh... Which is very convenient for writing about it on Naked Security, because every three months we have that handy word quarterly. But for every four months, there isn't a word for it. I tried saying thirdly, but it it's just not the right word. So you have to keep saying every four months. Actually, there's another lesson that I'd like to mention. And this, this is not to say you don't need to get Adobe's emergency update. They went to all the trouble of producing it, so you better apply it. Um, but that is that although this whole amounts to an O day, a zero day in Flash, in other words, We sort of found out about the hole because the crooks started using it before a patch was available. To make a practicable attack, at least on Windows 7, not on Windows XP, you had to have other holes that were already patched. It either hoped that you had Java 6, which I think was superseded three years ago, or that you had a version of Office 2007 or Office 2010, for which a patch had been available since the end of last year. And that kind of goes to show that often a so-called advanced persistent threat is only advanced because you're a little bit behind. And so if you're in any doubt about the value of patching not just your operating system, but also your applications on a regular basis, this is proof positive. Absolutely.
0: Um, and and we've seen that in the past, right? I mean, one of the most famous, I guess, the almost the introduction of the word APT to a lot of people in the community was the the China attack on Google a few years back, and that was unpatched IE six that had been, you know, patched I think a year or more before that uh, simply just didn't get onto those computers at at Google. So I mean, this is uh, this is a part of the standard pattern of uh, putting all the pieces together necessary to compromise someone requires uh, generally multiple lapses in security protocol. And if you can keep as many of the things in your environment up to date as possible, you've raised the barrier and made it that much harder. Indeed. Well, on that note, uh, I'm going to conclude this chat chat, but I do want to remind folks that that didn't have a chance to maybe make it out to RSA to to see our great talk on the credit card thieving malware and the war biking and some of the other things we did, that a lot of our content will uh, be posted online. And additionally, uh, for folks in Vancouver, I'll be presenting a similar talk on credit card thieving malware with a demo at Vancouver B-Sides in about two weeks. And the week after that, I will be at B-Sides in Austin, Texas, doing the keynote and uh, demoing it there as well. That concludes Software Security Chat Chat 136. For the latest security news, visit nakedsecurity.sophos.com. For our podcast, you can always get those over at soundcloud.com slash security. And until next time, stay secure.